Hello and welcome back to the No Ratings Podcast. We are so close to the final of the World Cup. This close, you can't see me, but I'm doing that the, the finger motion where there's not much space between my two fingers. And we've absolutely blasted this podcast out nearly every other day. Legs are gone. It's the last minute of that Morocco-France game. Legs are gone. I'm not tracking my winger anymore. It's done. We're nearly there. I can see the finish line. But we also have a new debut, a new person, new new debut. Have you ever, ever heard that said? New debut, just a debut, man. There's no such thing as new debut. We've got Sakib and Lies, but Sid joins us all the way from India, who's been to the World Cup. We're going to chat about your experience, but very quickly, whenever someone's new on a pod, you have to give us a fun fact about yourself. Can you give us a fun fact about yourself? I've won more Champions Leagues than all managers in the world combined. I'll beat it's it's in FIFA. So that's, that's, a, fun <laughs> that's a fun fact. Hey, just for a second, I was going to be like, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, have you been winning Champions Leagues in the ISL in India? Every day. Every um, day in the morning one. <laughs> and then, then at night, another one. You know? Love it. Saki, how are you doing, bro? Are you good? All good, thank you, bro. Devastated Morocco didn't make it. Really wanted that party on Sunday, but I don't yeah. know. All good. Me and me and Saki had a chat before that game. And we said, if Morocco make it to the final, we're both getting a flight to Marrakesh. They obviously didn't, so we didn't get a flight to Marrakesh. So, <laughs> a pointless story that you didn't need to hear, but there you go. Um, Leas, how you doing, bro? You're on in every two seconds, 7 p.m. record time. What have you been up to? Telling you, man, World Cup has just, it's absolutely destroyed my sleep schedule. I feel like a different person after 30 days of this, but <laughs> like you said, the finish line is almost here. Let's get it. Aye. Hey, what, hey, this guy's coming from my job, man. What a smooth intro to the pod. Thank you, Leas. <laughs> <laughs> what a guy. Um, Chat to me about your experience in Qatar, Sid. You messaged me just on the side. None of us have been. And for, for those listening, they might not have been. So what we'd like to hear is the highs and lows, the beauty and the beast of Qatar in your own words. Honestly, like when I was like, you know, on my way there, like I had heard a lot of things about Qatar. I think we all have heard a lot of things, but I was like pleasantly surprised. Like, you know, it, it was it was brilliant. Like the experience was brilliant. And I think it was such a well-organized tournament. And the fact that we had like seven stadiums also nearby, like you can just take a cab and go from one stadium to another. It gave you the ability to like watch like two, three games a single day, which I don't think any other World Cup has given. And in general, like it was it was such a good experience. And of course, my like entire goal to go there was was to watch Messi. Uh, mm-hmm. I went for like the 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 first game, Argentina, Saudi Arabia. Massive L taken, <laughs> you know, spending all that money to go all the way to see the upset of the World Cup. Uh, but then, of course, I stayed back for the Mexico game, watched Messi score. Unbelievable experience. And, and like, it, it was just, like, I think, I, I think I, I could, I'll definitely say that I watched the Argentina-Croatia game. That was the best night of my life. <laughs> I felt when, um, when that was happening, all I was thinking about was, like, it sounds so creepy, but all I was thinking about is you. I was thinking, <laughs> he's having a great time here. Because it's just, like, you were also uh... telling me that, <laughs> you were flying back and forth from India to Doha to watch Messi. That's crazy. Yeah, literally. I've got like, I might do it again for the World Cup final as well. So visit, visiting Qatar three times in like, in the space of a month and a half. Racking up those air miles, man. I hope you've got uh, the Qatar Airways account. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Sid, also, you you text me. I think I said to you, like, how's the safety over there or something? And I think your reply was like, wait, let me, I'm actually going to find the message. Hold on. Where are we? <laughs> Our entire conversation is just you sending me pictures or telling me how much tickets cost and me just going, bro, shit. <laughs> um, 
oh, oh, hold on. This is when you bailed from the pod when he said, I'm dozing off in the middle of this Argentina game. <laughs> it's graceful. Um, where is it? Oh, so you just said that you said the place is as normal as any other place. Like, yeah. I'm just keen to know what you thought before you went there and then how it was like, what, what led you to having that perception? I mean, like, if you just see, like, you know, all the, the, I don't know, the human rights stuff that people just keep going on about. And I don't know, maybe some of it is true, but, like, the experience that I had personally of going there was, like, it was just a normal country. Like, good people, like, interacting with a lot of the people. They were all normal, all nice. And it was genuinely, like, like a great experience. And mostly, like, just seeing all, all the country's fans. I think this World Cup was super accessible to people from Africa, Mm. the Arab world as well so you saw like fans of so many different nations and that, that was a lot of fun so from my side like I completely enjoyed this tournament lovely man what a lovely way to start the episode um just quickly, add on to that on. zero arrests for the first time ever for England fans and Wales fans hey. zero. <laughs> yeah I've gone away from them and you know <laughs> it's actually Honestly, better that way bro I tweeted that and people going oh no that's not true that's not true I was like well I don't know why it became like such a big point because if you look at it this way, there are like so many other countries where where alcohol isn't allowed in the stadiums. Like even in India, it's not allowed uh, in stadiums. So it's it's actually like uh, something in the West, like in a few countries where it is actually allowed. So that is actually mm-hmm. like against the norm, but because like you know, to be fair, to be fair though, right? Like I feel like even in the UK, the arrests that happen or like the the mayhem and the chaos that happens in the UK, I don't think ever really come at least what I think doesn't really come from the, the, the people in the stadium, right? Because even in the Premier League, for example, I don't think you're allowed to bring alcohol into the stadium itself. I think it's people watching at pubs and stuff like that who they come out after like a, a bad loss and they basically just trash the streets and stuff like that. So I think that's really the big one. People in Qatar not being able to just like ruin the place outside of stadiums. I think that's the, the, the biggest thing in my opinion. Also, I think people are shit scared of the rules because the rules on getting caught like drunk and starting fights are so strict that like you don't want to lose your hands just because you wanted an extra beer. Like, who's doing that? I'm not a drinker, but listen. But fun was... fact, like I did not see like a single like police guy, like not a single wow. one. Just maybe like the stadium, like you know the guys checking tickets and everything, and like that's about it. Like, wow, not not a single one. And that was like a surprise. I'm not going to get into a massive religion debate because I know it's not what the pod is about. I just want to add as a caveat, when people hear these things online or read about the punishments or whatever, and they think, oh, that's barbaric, it's, it's the deterrent is the whole point. And yeah. we're kind of seeing a bit of the evidence here. It's the fact that, oh, if I do this, this is going to happen. I'm not going to do that. That is actually the point. It's not there to for these wild things to happen regularly. It's not like, oh, we really enjoy it, punishing people. It's actually, well, you know, you might not be scared of jail. You might not be scared of a 500 pound fine and a slap on the wrist, but you're scared of this, so you're not <laughs> going to do it. And obviously yeah. it's working. So I just want to, context is key always. And, you know, when people yeah. take one line out and it is upsetting to see sometimes. So yeah, good I on guitar, man. When people see like the headline, like alcohol is banned, if you remember that, like Twitter just went crazy for the next 24 hours saying like, this is a disgrace. Alcohol is a part of the game. And I was like, I mean, I don't know when that happened. Like, when did alcohol just become, like, players aren't going around drinking, like, Sambucas, do you know what I mean? Like, on the pitch. Like, you know, the funny thing is, like, alcohol was still pretty accessible. It was mm. just not at the stadiums. Like, that was just yeah. it. Oh, I think, as, as Sakib said, though, like, clearly people are frightened of the fact that if you go out and start a fight whilst you're drunk, 
it's going to be more than prison that's going to happen. <laughs> so, like, you're probably not bothered about spending 24 hours in a, in a prison with a bunch of Arab guys. Like, you know, like, you spent you spent 24 hours in a prison in Doncaster in England, which is a lot worse. <laughs> so, so you're going, yeah, nah, nah, I'm not, I'm not going to get trapped with these guys. But anyway, moving on from that, someone's hopped into this going, man, this is some deep, deep chat. This is what the pod is also there for. Um, very quickly, we asked this question on the last episode. The icebreaker was, who do you wish you bought stocks in before the World Cup? I said Anahi. Um, a few people have tweeted us as well. I'll read it. Trujista said he'd buy stocks in Nordine Amrabat. Uh, not, not Nord- oh, my God. I've done it. That was completely by accident. I meant Sofian Amrabat. I was going to say, Trujista, you're a casual, but man, I misunderstood your game. Nubaid, you're the casual. Um, Bono, someone said, my whole family became a fan of this guy. What an adorable guy. Enzo Fernandez, uh, Bono, Anahi, Amrabat, Bufal. Clearly, that's a... Morocco fan because there's the Hakimi is there. <laughs> um, I wish I invested in. No, they're not going to answer that one. Um, Julian Alvarez is on there. A lot of Anahi shouts. Anyone else you would have invested your stocks in? I mean, Onahi is like the clear one for like yeah. you know, for like I'll be honest, I have I'd never seen him play, never heard of him before. So Same. yeah, definitely him. I, th- I think Anahi is like a pound would now get you, you know. A million, yeah. or whatever you know, in, yeah. in that context. <laughs> but I think like Cody Gakpo maybe was a 45, 50 million pound player, and there was question marks. I think now his agent and PSV probably can ask for 75, 80, 80. He's probably pushing that bracket now. So that's a decent return on investment too. If you, if you look at Gakpo, I think. And Fernandez as well. Then, like I yeah. think United yeah. or Liverpool or whoever wants him, they're gonna have to pay like. 80, 90 million, or something like They're that. They're saying his release clause for Enzo is 120 million at Benfica. It's pricey. The thing Ralph Ranić suggested to United: buy Enzo and buy Julian Alvarez. Oh my God, bro! What was he cooking? <laughs> there is there isn't an episode where you've been on where you don't give Ralph Ranić some sort of kudos for something. <laughs> Man, you were the chosen one, bro. <laughs> Listen, I hear all that, and I hear all that. I just, but I've been buying Julian Alvarez on Foot Manager for the last three years. Like, they should have given you the years. job. <laughs> I'll be honest, it doesn't take a genius. Like, if Foot Manager knows Alvarez was a wonder kid, yeah. but you know. Mm. Director of football, Sakiba. Yeah. I'll yeah, tell you is. who the player I wish I had invested stocks in Antoine Griezmann. Because, brother, Ooh. this guy's stocks were. They, the were they were lower than the ground. They were lower than the ground. You can't fill in the blank, but. Bro, the tournament that he's had, who saw it coming, right? And it's not just like how good he's been. It's been like this role that he's playing now. Some people are telling me that he's been playing it a bit at Atletico Madrid, but seeing it on the world stage, mm. how good he's been defensively as well. We've always known Griezmann to be an intelligent player, creates chances for fun, gets in goal-scoring positions. But defensive work, the, the yards that this guy is covering, I've never seen this from Griezmann before. His stocks right now, bro. If you if you kept faith with Griezmann throughout the last few years, that last season at Barca, mm. brother, you're a trillionaire right brother, now. Brother, right now, like this is a he was a crypto investment. He was an NFT. Yeah. NFTs yeah, yeah. are coming back, baby. I and hope Griezmann you bought the dip with Griezmann. If you bought yeah. the dip with Griezmann, you're on the you're on the moon right now. I just want to. Like it was pla- it was crazy with Griezmann. Like he was not being played by Diego Simeone just because like they didn't want to sign him permanently for like forty yeah. million. <laughs> so they like, bring him on or like bring him off for like under 45 minutes or something like that's disrespectful for someone as good as Griezmann and then like finally they did end up signing him for 20 million but like from there to now being like you know played of the tournament shouts like like fair enough let me say this about Griezmann I was gonna say let me say this about Griezmann too I'm confident in saying and I, I questioned it midway through the tournament I'm confident in saying he is the best international performer of his generation of his generation right 
it's from 2014 where he made his international debut from for France to now. I don't think there has been a better individual performer at international tournaments than Antoine Griezmann because he's been consistent. He's had high moments. He was the player of the tournament in the Euros. He was the top goal scorer at a World Cup. He's on pace to win his second World Cup. I think he's the best uh, international performer of his generation. Hard to disagree. And I just wanted to add, it seems it's interesting that players free from the shackles of Diogo Simeone seem to... Uh, have a rise in stocks. Oh, yeah. Felix. I can't lie though. Saka, people are saying that Simeone is the one. Who, they, they want Simeone to get his credit for this because they're saying he's the one oh. who found this role for him. And to be fair, Griezmann in 2016, when he was really at his best, was playing under Simeone. I would say this. Griezmann is the... If you, you don't have enough examples already, stop going to Barcelona. Stop yeah, going yeah, to yeah. Barcelona. That's the, that's the moral <laughs> of the story there. Um, well, I was just going to say uh, very quickly for those listening... Firstly, this is not a podcast about why you shouldn't drink. Secondly, this is also not a podcast about financial and crypto advice. Um, no brand has sponsored either conversation. You're definitely sat there going, Forex or someone has... No one sponsored it, I promise you. No one has sponsored the pod. Um, however, if you're tempted, then give us a shout. Um, anyway, on to the World Cup final. Mbappe against Messi. What I mean, this entire World Cup, the beauty of this entire World Cup has been the script writing. Like, this was written by Christopher Nolan. I don't actually know if he script writes, but this was definitely written by Christopher Nolan. Everything that could have happened has happened. And this tournament sort of got so many fans in this position where, like, the Netherlands-Argentina game, maybe not for you, Sid, but a lot of people were, we all want Messi to win it. We all want Messi to get in the final. But when Wegor scores that free kick, we're all going, oh, my God, this is the sickest thing ever. This script to land with Mbappe and Messi, PSG teammates, you know, the the, the icon versus... The, the new star who's sort of got this like villainous arc now because he's going up against Messi. It, it's just like, it's perfect. I loved, I loved your Instagram post of the uh, Shawn Michaels switching music on Ric Flair because <laughs> um, it is literally like WWE does them all the time, career match. And it you I get this slight feeling Mbappe just might say, sorry, like, sorry, Lionel. You know what I mean? Sorry, I don't, I'm going to take this away from you. It feels a bit like that. Mbappe is a legend killer, bro. But look, I, I, I agree completely with you, bro. I look at this as like, it's like master versus apprentice, like Obi-Wan versus Anakin, bro. Like the, we're either going to get in this final, uh, the ultimate crowning coronation moment of, for me, the greatest player of all time, but certainly a top two, top three player ever. If he wins this, the ultimate crowning moment, or we're getting the, the changing of the guard. We're either mm. the passing of the throne from the, the goat to the new goat of Mbappe. I, I think it sums it up perfectly. And it's, it's almost fitting too. We never got the Ronaldo-Messi World Cup final that we all wanted to see for years. But it's almost like Ronaldo's disciple, Kylian Mbappe. It's <laughs> like Ivan Drago has his son to, to basically get revenge for him. You're going to see Ronaldo on the bench like Ivan Drago and Creed, bro. Finish him. But nah, I'm super excited, man. I think there's an argument. These, these are the two best players on the planet at the moment. Whoever you prefer, they've been the best two players at the tournament. Bring it on, bro. I'm I'm super excited for it. I said you might be there, man. Bro, I'm I'm I, I wouldn't say I'm excited. I, I the 2014 final, uh like that Messi's miss where it just went past the post. I've still got that in my head in my head. And bro, I don't want to see that again. I do not <laughs> want to see that again. Bro, I'm like even against Netherlands when Wootbegor scored that goal, I thought it was over. And bro, I was like <laughs> I, I, I was shaking and like bro. <laughs> Like I don't know how I'm gonna survive this game. I don't know how. <laughs> as, as 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 a big Messi fan, it's gonna be painful. 
Man, you know what's so funny? In the last two, three minutes, we've compared it to every single great film director storyline <laughs> ever. Um, there's the, it's just it's one of those things where like you don't this doesn't really happen in football, right? Like there's always like oh man, like why did they have to end up in the final? You know, like it always yeah. ends up like oh why did they just turn up? Whereas this, so they time say right? football isn't played on paper is what is what they say in it, but this feels like it's played on paper. The yeah, it's, it's like the, the perfect blah, blah, blah. final for like the sport. As, yeah. as an advert, like I'm sure the Qataris are like really happy that they've got these two guys. In <laughs> That's why it's saying it's fixed. It's a little too yeah. almost a coincidence, size. <laughs> yeah, he has oh. these two main men, Qatar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, That's this thing. questionable goals for both as well. <laughs> Listen, what, what, they, what do they spend on the World Cup? 20 billion? What does rigging it cost? Another billion? Hey, yeah, no comment. Yeah. Hey, hey, the pod's just going to get called off. It's just going to get pulled down. <laughs> Apple's not going to be available anymore. I'm um, not going to the final, so I can say this stuff anyway. Yeah, yeah. Sid, you better be careful, yeah. bro. You might not come back. These are the night. Man, um, yeah, it's just the entire story of this World Cup. This is, in my opinion, I'm 30. I've watched probably five World Cups now, maybe something like that. Or I've actually been consciously watching football. This is by far the best footballing World Cup that I've watched. I know people are like very nervous about saying that because of everything else that's been going on. But in my opinion, I've been glued to nearly every single game. After the second group stage games, there's been drama nearly every other game. It's just moments and highlights. It's just been incredible. Um, and the crowning moment for a lot of us, like, I'm a Messi fan. So if Messi goes and wins the World Cup, in my opinion, I think he has now got the most complete football CV of all time. Like, people will argue he hasn't played in the Premier League. <laughs> he blew against Khan San Mings on a, yeah. on a wet, cold, rainy <laughs> night at Villa Park. Mm. I saw this great tweet that someone said... Um, is it like people? Dave Kitson. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. People, people are still going. People still think Messi can't do it against Dave Kitson, Cameron Jerome on a rainy night in Stoke, but he's about to win the World Cup. This is ridiculous, man. Like that's why the same thing I said about Mbappe. Right? People are saying Mbappe can't be the best player on the planet until he until he proves it in the best league in the world. I was like, I've seen Mbappe go to every single major ground in Europe and tear it up home and away against them. But the main question is, can he do it against Norwich and Watford? Like, come on, man. Give me a break. Players like hey, that hey, 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 hey. in any league, any day of the week, bro. I know yeah. you're, the Watford has a special place in your heart, but come on, bro. Mbappe, yes. Mbappe versus, what, what's his name? Cabasele. Christian Cabasele. Yeah, he's, he's got some Belgian caps to his name. <laughs> if, if Messi wins it, would you like to see him sort of like drop the mic after the game, like you know, the guy goes over to him and says, "Messi, that's it. You've won the World Cup." And him just go, "Yeah, I'm retiring," and just drops the mic. I'll answer the question for you. Go on. I, I feel passionately about this. I don't want him to retire this year because look, like PSG still stand a very good chance of winning the Champions League. Like obviously, he's got to finish that job too. But the main point: should Messi like continue playing for the next three years? I would like to see Messi do what Zidane did, what Cantona even did at United, and that's basically beat father time not by like becoming immortal or whatever and playing till the rest of time but understanding that this is like the best it's going to be for Messi like it's only mm. down from here right and retire so that the lasting memory that we or at least go to like Argentina for example or the MLS and and make the last memory that we all have of him at the biggest stage be what we're seeing right now right like the word I keep bringing it back to Ronaldo right and Ronaldo's current situation, like the last year for him, doesn't diminish his legacy in any way. Like for me, he's still the second best player I've ever seen in my life. 
But the reality is that it affects a lot, especially the younger generation who maybe didn't see previous years of Ronaldo. Like, this is what they remember. This is the lasting memory we think of him as. And it shouldn't be like that. We should remember these guys in, in such a great moment. Like Zidane, for example, his last year at Real Madrid, if you look at it really closely, a lot of people were calling him washed up. He wasn't mm. doing it anymore. But that World Cup, everyone remembers it for that. Like, the last few years of Zidane's mm. career, we don't remember. But the World Cup, we do. I would like to see Messi do something similar. We're seeing him at 35 years old give you moments of magic that for me are taking me back to my childhood, bro. I'm, I feel like I'm watching 25-year-old Messi again. Mm. I would hate for after this, we see him back at PSG in two years, like struggling to keep up with, with defenders, really struggling to score goals. I, I hope that this is one of the last memories we have of Messi at the top level. I think there's a lot to be said for like signing out in the Eric Cantona fashion, you know, like at the peak of your powers at the top. And like people always remember him just the good stuff. No one ever thinks about him at 32, 33, 34 because he didn't go that far. He didn't give you the um, chance, yeah. Right. And I'm sure like someone like Sid, I'd, I mean, maybe you do just want to keep watching Messi play, but like, do you really want to see him into Miami? Like, no, but doesn't I, add anything I don't for think his legacy. Like, he should retire from playing for Argentina because. Like finally, after all okay. these years, he's got a team that like plays for him, and it it just, it just works. I don't see why he can't do it for like the twenty twenty four Copa. Uh, you know, I, I just. I but just, here's the thing for me, Sid. I agree, right? But the, the thing for me, same with Ronaldo, right? What do they really gain from it, bro? Like, I just think the World Cup is all Messi needs. We talk about the complete, uh, what's it called? The complete resume now. He, he, he would have it if he won the World Cup. What does playing another season for PSG and competing for the league really do for him? People say Ronaldo could still play for like a mid-level European team like a Benfica. Like what does he gain by mm. going to Benfica and winning the Portuguese league? I think the lasting memory is way more valuable than going to some Inter-Miami or playing for Argentina and a few more friendlies. I think going out on top the way he would if he won this World Cup, and even if he doesn't, going on, out on top like this and leaving those memories behind would be the perfect way to wrap up his Argentina legacy. Also, like, surely, I think, like, you know, like, when players come off with two minutes to go and they get a stand innovation, mm. I feel like this would be that moment. Like, half the world would be crying if Messi said straight after the game he was retiring, and we'd all remember that night. Do you know what I mean? Like, but then if there was little moments, like, say, like, Ronaldo retired after winning the Euros, it was a little bit early, but still, imagine he did that. You'd remember that that picture of him on the bench would just live in your memory forever. But now you can remember him like not being able to catch a ball or like missing a sitter in the last minute of a game or falling right. out with players. If I don't think Messi will fall out with anyone, but I think Messi comes back to PSG and you know when he first went to PSG, everyone's going, he's washed. There was like a 10-12 game period where you were like, his legs are actually gone. And you were like crying to save him. Whereas this time around, like you'd be crying to like adore him. I feel like that's for me, I know what you're saying with Argentina that like it'd be amazing if he goes and wins the Copa. But what if he doesn't? What if he like absolutely flunks it and then you go, well, you won the Copa, you won the World Cup, and then you flunked the Copa and you were terrible at PSG? Like I feel like you'd be crying in a painful way then. Definitely, but like I just don't see why. Like he he's so good right now, and I don't see why he can't play at least for a couple more years. Like that's what they said about Ronaldo too. Yeah, man. But like, I mean, like, to be play fair with Ronaldo, years? I think oh, the time you, comes out of nowhere. You, since he's left Madrid, if you look at the way he's played, it, it's 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 completely different. And also, they're very different players. Like Ronaldo is not like as technically like like look at Luka Modric, man. Like he, he's thirty what thirty seven, thirty eight, and he's still he's like dominating the midfield. That's because it, for players like them, it's it's not really about like the pace, the power. Like even if Messi's physicality like reduces, I don't see why he can't play uh, as the playmaking role. And you know. And at Argentina, he has players with legs who will do the running for him. So I just, that's, I, that's my opinion. I felt, 
I felt like, you know, when Morocco had officially lost against France and suddenly their players went from like being able to sprint everywhere to suddenly not being able to walk. It was like all their injuries were actually apparent yeah. at that point. I felt like that was like their adrenaline just went and like the adrenaline, mm. the pump went. I feel like Messi's right now at the, he's at 100% adrenaline, he's at 100% pump, he's at 100% hype, he's at 100% dream level. Once he wins this, I feel like he's going to drop drastically. Not his performances, but like his desire to actually play. Mm. Similar to like Morocco. I mean, Hakimi's ran lengths this entire tournament. Then he had to sprint back against, I want to say it was possibly Fofana in like the last five or six minutes. And it literally, he literally was like, man, my legs are gone. Mm. And I was like, that's just psychologically, his brain's just switched off and gone, I've put everything into it. I just don't really want to see that happen with Messi, especially... Because I want to, I want to go to bed thinking, ah, oh, Gavardio, how's your ankles, big man? That's the feeling that I want to have. But that's coming from me as a Messi fan. Like you know, I, I want him to play for. As you're long just, as you're being greedy, well. bro. You're being greedy. You just want to keep watching. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Looking at his last his last season with PSG, what was that? 21-22. I don't think the motivation was really there, and then there was a slight issues with Mbappe's ego and all. I don't think he could be bothered. I don't think his ability went. Uh, clearly, his ability didn't go. I just don't think he could be bothered. Whereas this year, the mission was clear: get in shape for the World Cup. He doesn't care about PSG. I don't think one Bro, iota of I'll make Messi's a, I'll make a point about, about like last season at PSG. Like I think it's it's not that Messi was like you know terrible and he didn't want to play. Bro, Pochettino, like oh my god, so bad. <laughs> mm-hmm. Bro, he literally <laughs> had Messi. About that guy's name. Uh, Honestly, just address him as a different name, bro. Pochettino. Oh, he's the only that. manager who's managed to like get Messi to look average. Like, I mean, like, he had, he had, like, Messi, like, pinned to the wing. Like, Bro, he had him bro. playing as a touchline winger exactly. at, at 34 years What's of age. Do? And then Neymar on the other touchline. Joker. And see, now we've got, like, PSG, have got, like, a manager who's, like, made Messi, like, you know, the, the, the focal point of the team, the player who, like, plays the final pass. And you're seeing, like, a big difference. So, I don't want to say, like, he's been bad at PSG, like, his motivation is low. Oh, no, no. I, 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 I... I'm not saying it was all his fault either, but I agree with Nabeel. I, I don't think that desire, I don't think the desire for another Champions League is that strong. It might be a side mission, a side quest that he might come back and complete that keeps him going till May, maybe. But I also think it'll be a slight bit of tension when him and Mbappe both return. Here's oh, the yeah. thing too. Imagine 100%. Messi loses this World Cup. You think he's going back to PSG like super focused or whatever, bro? Like he's going to be like... Bun all of this, bro. I can't wait till the end of the season. I'm off to Miami, bro. There's, there's <laughs> no way Messi comes back if he loses this World Cup. Oh. Like, hungry. Yeah, hey, we're, we're all amateur psychologists, but I think we can work that much out. I, I, the motivation will hey, be Hey, speak for yourself, bro. I'm not an amateur psychologist. If, if he wins the I World speak. Cup, I'll agree. I'll be like, you know what? You can retire in peace. You've done enough. It's fine. <laughs> well, what's that Thanos quote? It's like, I, I sit and re- oh, I, I watch a grateful universe or whatever, bro. That's, <laughs> that's what he's got to be on his farm. Just chill out, man. I finally rest and watch the sunrise on a grateful universe. <laughs> I, you know, the perception that Messi's going to go on a farm is definitely wrong, though. He's in Ibiza like any time he can go. Him and Suarez Messi. love Ibiza. Yeah, have you not seen pictures of them in Ibiza? Ah, bro. Messi strikes me as this guy, bro. He goes back to Argentina on his farm and just like tends to his goats and his cows and stuff bro, like that. Bro, like... <laughs> I will say one thing. The media is amazing because obviously we don't, I don't speak Spanish. Um, but when he's doing his press conference and someone translated that one where he's like, what are you looking at? Shut up, is after the Netherlands game. And I was like, wow, I didn't know Messi had that dog in him. Like, you associate that with Ronaldo. But it's funny because obviously someone tweeted, Ronaldo speaks English. That's why we, we understand. Messi also has that side. Um, falls out. I think Ryan Babel said it as well. He does fall out with teammates. Some teammates haven't enjoyed training with him. 
but we never see it because of mm. the language barrier. And I, that was quite interesting. I don't know if you guys have ever heard the story about him and Alexis Sanchez at Barcelona, but he basically like used to tell Alexis Sanchez, like, you're garbage. I don't know how you're at Barcelona. <laughs> like during training, he'd just be like, you're so bad. Like you're one of the worst players I've ever played with. Like don't pass this guy the ball. <sighs> Uh, I, I think Usman Dembele said something similar as well, didn't he? Didn't he say like Messi like isolated him a little bit and just made him feel like he was shit, basically? After that miss against Liverpool, he should have, bro. <laughs> hey, <laughs> come on, bro. <laughs> um, all right, very quickly on this final, uh, where do we think it's going to get decided? Julian Alvarez, obviously key. We've spoken about him already. He, he naturally will probably start in this game because of Lautaro's form. I do feel for him, by the way, just touching on that. He's an understudy to Erling Haaland, and they're basically the same age, which means he's actually never going to play. Just go to... Why? Like, local, I see he could play... I really see Alvarez Haaland as like a good duo, like Alvarez left wing, Haaland striker, and you could have maybe Bernardo on the right. Bro, I don't see why that, that can't work. For me, Alvarez, I, I look at Alvarez and that investment around the same time they bought Haaland. That, for me, just confirms that City knows... Holland is not there for longer than two mm, years. True. Bro. And then Alvarez is just like waiting in the shadows the minute he's gone. Like, Holland is Real Madrid or, or Barcelona bound, bro. Let's be honest. Like, no disrespect to City, but that's not the pinnacle of football like that. Like, every elite player dreams of playing for those two clubs in Spain. And then once he goes, you got a cheeky Julian Alvarez in reserve not just waiting to explode. Like, that's not a bad problem to have, right? Hey, man, what a baller. What a baller. Mm. Um, where does this game get decided? Uh, I'll come to you first, Sakib, because I think if you look across the park and you look at playing styles and all the rest of it, we're going to talk about Me Messi and Mbappe. It's pretty rare that in a final that the actual player that you think is going to be the one that gets the deciding thing actually gets the deciding thing. I wouldn't be surprised if this final was like 2-1 and the winning headers from Otamendi from a corner or something. That is typical of a final. Leas would love it. I'd There'd love be it. tears. <laughs> I think I'd I deserve it. it. <laughs> I, I, I do think it's going to come down to defenders i think like loris has a brain fart in him as does otamendi um is he going with canate or is he going with also another guy that has a slight brain fart in him upa Meccano. like i think it's coming down to i think the margins are going to be so fine mm. um that's where it's going to fall who can defend the best because you've got to worry about messi as equally as you've got to worry about mbappe um so i think that counts itself i think varan has Whilst he's having his hand held, I agree. He, he's had a great tournament. Um, well, who's holding his hand? Canate just did in the last game. But um, in the one game is holding Varane's hand the entire tournament. Don't do that, bro. Come on, man. Don't feed into the narratives, man. Listen, oh I love Varane. I love Varane as well. You know, but if he can have the game of his life, if Canate has a game of his life, if Griezmann's a game of his life, I think France. Basically, if everyone has a game of their life on both teams, I think France is stronger. Let me just say it's about Varane, by the way, about Mr. Handheld Varane. <laughs> 18 finals played, 18-1. So unless he's Woo! had his hand held by every single partnership he's been in, that's not a bad yeah, record to have. Amazing record. Oh, that, that stat, that. I don't like that stat at all. Oh, my God. You talk about serial winner? That's Rafa Varane right there. Yeah. I actually think he's been doing the hand-holding this tournament because they keep flipping his centre-back partner. And I think, like, defensively, he's actually a top centre-back. Technically, I think he's not great. I think on in possession, I don't think he's great. But in terms of, like, his acumen defensively and how oh, he attacks the near post on crossings, unreal. he's actually class. What I do find, Susto, is he's not going to play 
every single game for United in the second half of the season. You know that for sure. Yeah, he's, you can't he's, rely on his fitness for yeah, sure. Yeah, but in know. the World Cup, he's fit every game. 100% Varane is there. RV oh, loves it. I don't know, man. I don't know, man. I can't blame him, bro. He's Varane. <laughs> United, let's be real, bro. This is a retirement tour for him, bro. He's here to collect a uh, paycheck. If he gives him some good performances at the same time, who am I to complain? But Varane, man, like... But, oi, if Benzema is fit, yeah, just to say, Benzema is fit and is one all... 88th minute and they like roll him on and he comes off and he does it. I am, I don't know what I'm doing. Going Paris. I don't know. Running the streets naked. I don't <laughs> I've, know. I've but won, that... but at what cost, bro? If Benzema scores <laughs> the winner in the World Cup Finals, I've won, but at what cost? <laughs> that, will, oh, that will just be the most epic. I think the game can dream. will be decided by like how Molina deals with Mbappe and how Acuna, mm. if Acuna can like keep Dembele like, you know, physically like, you know, just impose himself. Also like, if like Argentina have like two tactical setups they can go with for this game, it's the four four two they went for uh, in the last game against Croatia, or they could like put Di Maria in, who is like you know the man who scored in like both finals that Argentina have like won. So mm. if if Di Maria plays, then I think it'll be even more interesting because like we'll have Di Maria push Theo Nandes, and Mbappe is not going to track back. So Molina gets a bit of cover as well to like push forward. And uh, I don't know, as, like you saw even in the Morocco game, like Ziyech and uh, Hakimi were like having a bit of a field day down the right side. And with Argentina's players being more like capable of attacking and scoring, you could see something happen there. This game is really interesting for me, right? Because I look at both of them and they're very similar in a lot of ways, right? Neither of them really like to dominate possession. Like both of them, I think, average less than 50% possession throughout this tournament Argentina like to they Argentina for me I keep saying it when they go a goal up it's like good night obviously mm. the game against the Dutch happened but they are extremely comfortable defending a lead like they love to suffer they love to absorb pressure and then it hits you with counterattacks and of course when you have Messi up front one moment and you're dead right France are very similar in that way I, I tweeted yesterday about France they're so weird to me, right? Because it doesn't seem like they really are asked to get out of third gear for most of the game, right? They they don't really assert themselves on football games, I feel, unless they really have to and grab a goal. But then again, they have players like Mbappe as well, who in one moment, right? Like we talked about the game against Morocco yesterday. I don't think he played that well. But mm. one moment and he just kills the game, game off. He's that devastating. I look at a few different matchups. Like I agree with Molina versus Mbappe, but I'm interested to see DePaul as well. Because DePaul kind of occupies that. DePaul, if he plays on that right-hand side, because if Di Maria comes back in, I think that changes a few things. But DePaul double-teaming Mbappe with Molina will be interesting to see. And also, if Di Maria comes back into this Argentina team, how does the shape change? Because they need him in, in, in the fact that they don't really have another attacker bar Messi who can like run at defenders and take them on with speed, take them on on either side, right? It's like Messi and, and Alvarez up front by themselves. But that midfield of Enzo, DePaul, McAllister as well, mm. it's so much balance. Like They've all been so good in that midfield together. And do you really want to sacrifice that relationship that those guys have formed for a Di Maria? It's, it's really a tough one because Di Maria as well, this tournament hasn't been your vintage Di Maria. But like Sid correctly points out, he has these moments in games, right? Especially for Argentina, especially in big games. He's clutch. He, he, always, he always ends up with a goal contribution. The other one big thing I'd say is that probably won't get talked about that much but the only game Argentina have struggled in defensively is in that eight nine minute spell against Netherlands where they were tossing the ball in the air Giroud is basically Wootweg horse and Luke de Jong in one man and slightly better as well so if they want to go for that aerial challenge and try and win the second balls and compete on the flick-ons that could be a route for France I don't know if France will do that though because that requires like a 
completely different shift in how they actually like to play football. Um, the thing I think is, there's no Lissandro either, right? I think Lissandro yeah. was a big reason for why Veghorst had a lot of success. Hey, there. I tweeted that and people went, yeah, but he just won the last challenge. I'm like, look, I'm not saying he's a bad defender, but like in the air, he is sus because there are men that are bigger than him who are designed. Veghorst, bro, is an NBA player, bro. That's yeah, a yeah, center right there, man. Like, <laughs> we're not talking about a tall player. That guy's a giant, man. Yeah, man. I, I did feel sad when he cried, though. I don't know why. I've got no affection towards him, but I just felt sad. don't know why. Yeah, yeah, so I don't know. We're going to come to uh, elevated pitches come the end of the pod. So I'm going to save like predictions and all of that right to the end. Just very quickly on this, um, we spoke about Ronaldo and actually he's not getting a football related mention in this. There was a young Morocco uh, fan who had like a 12 second rant about Ronaldo. Not a rant, actually. She just said like a few things about Ronaldo being on the plane back and blah, blah. And it resulted in a lot of weirdos on the internet just asking for her to be dead and blah blah it's just weird like i don't know i can confidently say that the three other guys in this conversation with me right now would not be hating on a child i don't think we hate on people like that anyway like you you give a little bit of lip back but you don't ask for someone to be dead it was weird Saki, but i just want to say yeah i and maybe this is why idols are haram let me say this maybe <laughs> this is why idols are forbidden because guys this man is a human being, a fantastic human being, a great athlete, one of the best of all time. But what the hell are you doing abusing a young girl on the internet over a footballer? All she said was, go home. And Ronaldo, go home. And she's seven years old. She's teasing Ronaldo a little bit, a 37-year-old grown man. Like, we really need to reevaluate our use of the internet and, like, our own lives. Because it's just baffling to me that maybe one, two, three trolls, I understand, you're sad you losers whatever but like the volume of people doing this is is quite alarming it's quite scary to me that like this is normalized behavior um and i don't know if any of you are listening i kind of hope not but yeah just let's just stop this weirdo behavior on the internet and you know we have families and wives and mums and just think first would my mum be proud of this tweet or this facebook post or this instagram post before you send it man because this is just really really lame um I don't want to see young people like turned off football or turned away from supporting football, especially a young girl in this climate. Um, it's lame. It's really lame. And I don't think Ronaldo would advocate either. Well, actually, I don't know. Maybe Homeland. <laughs> no, 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 he wouldn't. He wouldn't. Let's be honest. Ronaldo is not. Yeah. I, even I can <laughs> play, say I'll that. Play. But I, I think, look, the reality here is, right. And I can testify to this because I've received quite a bit, obviously not to the extent of this girl, but I've received a lot of abuse from Ronaldo fans. But the reality is that the people that are, are sending this hate towards her are also kids. That, that, that I think is very, very clear, especially when you realize how much of it is coming from TikTok, which just has notoriously mm. a younger audience. A lot of these people who are abusing this girl are probably 9, 10, 11 years old themselves. And the reality is they don't know any better. Like, they are, like that's the danger of the internet. Like These guys read and interact with each other. They spend all day in their rooms just like arguing between Pessi and Penaldo, the way they call them. Like, this isn't real life. I, I was saying on Twitter the other day, like if if people were to argue or debate football in real life the way they do on Twitter, their friends would think you, you were like a, a psychopath, bro. Like no one, <laughs> no one speaks the way they do in real life like they do on Twitter. But yeah, hundred like you look at the video, right? This is some innocent eight, nine-year-old, like clearly like really happy minutes after her country qualifies to the semifinal of a World Cup, first African country ever, obviously. She she doesn't deserve like to to be abused or whatever. That that's really really sad to see. I agree with you, Sakib. Like that for me is something that could potentially drive away young viewers of the game, which is the last thing anyone wants. Like 
young people are, are the future. That That's who's going to grow the game even further out in the future. So really sad to see. And um, I would actually like Ronaldo. Obviously, it's not his responsibility, but I would love it if Ronaldo were to come out or something and just condemn it completely. You, because I you, feel like that's the only way they'll actually understand that what they're doing is incorrect. Not saying he has to, but I would find that really nice. Yeah, I think Ronaldo will say something because it's Ronaldo and he actually does get along with fans. Um, just lastly on that as well, you know what? He don't know you exist. So like yeah. these people defend him like Ronaldo doesn't even know you exist and nor does he care. <laughs> if Ronaldo loses like a hundred thousand followers on Instagram, he's gonna pick him up the next day anyway. So he doesn't really care about your defense league that you've put up for him. It's so so odd. It's so odd. It's, the internet is just a weird place. You have people like Sid who's grinding career mode for like the last five years, man. Yes, so you really should be idolizing. That's our leader. That's our leader. <laughs> uh, right, very quickly before we uh, call it down on this episode, uh, everyone has one minute to put in a case for who you think is going to win the final and why. No one else can counter-argue. You can counter-argue within your own elevator pitch if you like. Uh, Lears, I feel like you are built for an elevator pitch. If I had to pick a salesman, in this conversation, I would pick you. So you've got 60 seconds. Let me get the stop clock ready. Get the stop clock ready. Give him a countdown, please. Three, two, one. Argentina will win the World Cup final this Sunday against France. And there's a few reasons why. First of all, if you're a believer in momentum and meant to be in destiny, then no one suits this narrative than Lionel Messi. It seems like everything is really going his way this tournament. He's having a tournament for the ages, in my opinion. I keep comparing it to Zidane 2006. And Zidane only lost that World Cup final out of pure frustration and emotion of the headbutt. I think if anyone is not going to do that, it's Messi. Another thing about Argentina, though, is people have talked about that Saudi Arabia game, but that probably was the best thing to happen to them because every single game since then, the performances have gotten better and better game after game after game. And in tournament football, that's extremely valuable. You see a team like Brazil or England peak early. I'd rather peak late. And the fact is, Argentina have looked even better in the later stages of the tournament than in the beginning. They have the weapons. The defense is huge. Otamendi has been absolutely exceptional. And in Messi, if I need one guy to score a World Cup winning final goal and cement his legacy as the greatest player of all time, there's no better option than him. Okay, it's my turn. I'm going to go for France to win the World Cup because I am a jinx god. I'm trying the reverse <laughs> jinx play. But but like, I think Argentina are massive underdogs here, if I'm being real. Like, France just have so many like game-changing players in there, like Mbappe, Dembele, Griezmann, Giroud. I, I, from Argentina, if, if they can shut out Messi, it, it, it's done so. It, it, it's It's over. Argentina, like you saw when the balls are hoofed in, they collapse under pressure. And I feel like once they start doing that with Giroud, it's going to be good. And so that, that's 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 all I'm going to say. Wow. I'm trying to jinx it. I'm trying to jinx it. I have jinxed every game so far for Argentina and they've won it all, won all of them. The one game I didn't jinx was the Saudi Arabia one and, and, and they lost that. So I'm trying my best to jinx it. Oh, thank you for the extra 10 seconds, Sid. Um, I think France will win the World Cup. I think the weight of expectation on Argentina is going to be too heavy. I think we've heard the rumours, the whole team wants Messi to win it. They're all trying to win it for Messi. And I think that is what's going to hurt them. I think there'll be goals from both teams. I don't think it will be no nil either side. Um, I've looked at, at Giroud's record against Otamendi in 15-16. Two games, two goals for Arsenal against Man City. I feel like that could be a key battle. And I just feel like 
there's less expectation, less pressure on France to do it. And that's why they might do it because they still have the good players. Um, Mbappe, Villanark. Mbappe Villanark is going to be tremendous when he gets back to Paris. Most hated man in world football for denying Messi's <laughs> opportunity. And that is the real story that we all love. I'll take that extra time to not only tell you who's going to win it, but I'll also wrap the podcast in the next 60 seconds. I think Lionel Messi and Argentina are going to win the World Cup. I feel like it's been written since the start of this World Cup. If could the Qataris have corrupted the World Cup, then they've of course corrupted it in the favour of having the greatest icon in football to go and win the World Cup. I also think he'll, he'll mic drop at the end as well, if and when they win it. I just think this entire World Cup has been so beautifully script-written that it cannot end with the villain potentially winning. It simply has to end with the one that the world wants to see win. So I'm going to back Messi. We've seen arguments on both ends of the scale. And as I said, I'll finish the pod within these 60 seconds. And I think I've probably got like 22 seconds left because I'm good with calculation. So, Liaz, thank you very much for hopping on. Sakib, Sid, wonderful debut. For you guys listening, follow across all platforms. Follow the guys as well. Ah, I'm pretty good at this. We'll see you next time. <laughs>